Hello everyone and welcome to a brand new Anyone's Game podcast. This is I Know Best. I'm your host Gordon McComb and joining me today is Robbie Hanratty. Pleased to be here Gordon. Chris Toner. How are we doing? And Peter Quinn. Thanks for having us on. So what is I Know Best? Well, we've got five questions for our pundits tonight. All they've got to do is persuade their opponents uh, today that they do in fact know best. It's a space for us, the Anyone's Game team, to take a little bit more of a light-hearted look at the last seven days in Scottish women's football and to give you, the listeners, a little bit more of a laugh heading into the weekend as well. But we'll get the preamble out of the way now. It's time to move on to our first question this week. Uh, we're starting with you, Robbie. Who and or what has had a good week this week? In the last seven days, who's had a good week? So I'll start with saying Rangers have had a very good week. I'll say generically Rangers because I just think from defense, from goalkeeper to striker, every single player has been doing exceptional so far this season. They're undefeated, just had an 8-0 win over Aberdeen, which previously when they played in the Estimo PL Cup, it was a lot closer, a 5-2 victory. So it just shows the improvements Rangers have been making. The fullbacks, Nicola Doherty and Rachel McLaughlin, providing some amazing crosses for the goals and Caelan McCoy getting a hat-trick on her first start. So just think from Alkie Thompson's side, perfect start to the season and I'm sure they're ecstatic. So they've been my team of the week. Excellent. Peter, you next. Who or what's had a good week this week? I went along similar lines. We more specific. I've gone for Caelan McCoy. Um, I think that this season for our chances might be a, a wee bit of a premium with uh, Jane Ross and Zoe Ness. Obviously, they are scoring goals as well. So to come in and score a hat-trick against Aberdeen on what I believe was her first start, that's a, a, a real statement of intent and shows that she deserves to be in the mix getting plenty of playing time. Yeah, totally understand that pick as well. Chris, why don't you round us out? Who or what's had a good week this week? Um, I'll go Patrick Thistle. Um, you, your team in the league, um, just kind of throwing in the midst of things, not had a lot of time to prepare, but um, after three defeats on the bounce, um, Sunday's result against Hibs, that's really kick-started their season, I feel. Yeah, perfectly understandable, given, like you say, that, that difficult run they've been on. You've all made your case now. The difficult part now is I need you to pick between the other two arguments you've heard, which one of those you like best, and hopefully in that we can work out a winner and you don't need me to do a tiebreaker. So we'll go the same order we started with. So, Robbie, aside from your suggestion that Rangers had, have had the best week of the three, uh, Kayla McCoy or Partick, who's had a better week? Well, Kayla McCoy goes down my Rangers route. I did mention Kayla McCoy getting that hat-trick. thought that was superb. You can't get a better start. To first start than that, but I do agree with Chris. Very big win for Partick, especially after the last three fixtures being against the top three sides. And Hibs making it against the top four sides, so to get that win was crucial. But I have to stick with Rangers and stick with Peter with the Kaelin McCoy because I think a hat trick was just amazing. It's understandable to to stick so closely to something that's that's basically what you've picked as well. Um, Little bit, little bit like cheating that one feels, but I'll, I'll let the listeners decide on that on that one as well. Uh, Peter, you next as well. You picked Kayla, obviously, and, and Robbie's back to you on that one, but not able to pick yourself. Who do you think's had the best week of the other two? Well, you know, I, I think that Partick Thistle obviously were in the discussion last week for our uh, for our bad week, so I'll go with them this week. I think it seems seems good after such a, a strong result against a Hibside that 
had been flying towards the start of the season. Um, I think it's it's only fair that they that, that they're in the conversation for a good week. So I'll go with that. Uh, Chris, you could potentially win this uh, for Peter with this, but uh, you might well invoke a, a tiebreaker of sorts being needed. You obviously picked Partick. Peter's back to you. Your choice between Caelan McCoy specifically or the Rangers' performance in general at the weekend. Who's had a good week? Um, well, I, I think um, probably went against me there. I'm not being petty, but um, I appreciate what you've given me the backing there, and he gave a very good case for Caelan McCoy, so I'll give it to Caelan McCoy. Uh, with that, no tiebreaker needed. Caelan McCoy top of the pile for having a good week this week. Kayla McCoy, the anyone's game pick for having Well a done, Kayla. Feel free to weigh in uh, after you've listened to this and, and you sit there and you go, no, you know what, Kayla's had a good week, but has she had the best week? Perhaps not. Let us know what you think. Uh, I'm sure all the pundits would be delighted to hear from you specifically about how wrong they were to not pick the person you're or the thing you're thinking about right now. But we'll move on to question number two. Uh, and for every good week, there are folk that have weeks they'd rather forget, frankly. And uh, sometimes the bounce of the ball, the rub of the green, it just doesn't go your way. Uh, Peter, you're going to kick us off with this one. Who or what has had a week to forget this week? I've gone for Hibbs' young goalie, Emily Much. Uh, I think the, the third goal, allowing Amy Bullock's shot from distance to kind of slip through her hands and past her. Is one that she she won't want to to see too many times again, um, and again for a Hibs team that are trying to really compete with the top three this season, the loss to Rangers um, kind of quite narrowly, uh, even though they played quite well, to then follow up with a disappointing defeat to to Partick is is not ideal for them. Uh, so the timing of that wasn't great. So I've gone for Emily much. So uh, certainly, I'm sure there was a, a couple of sleepless nights. Um when keepers make those kind of errors, as unfortunate as it is, uh, understandable to pick. Chris, who have you gone for, or what have you gone for, for having a bad week this week? Um, not too dissimilar from um, Peter. Um, I'm going to go the Hibs team. Um, it's not the kind of result you'd expect them to fall to. I think they're a much better team than that, but are they really all that good? Really, are they that close behind the old firm in Glasgow City? Um, Results against a result like that against Partick suggests that they may very well not be. Understandable, understandable to, you know, it was perhaps the most surprising result of of the weekend, at least in the SWPL one. Understandable that we see the green and whites, you know, featuring a little bit in the difficult week this week. But Robbie, when you round us out, um, who who do you think, you know, had a, had a few sleepless nights this uh, this week? Well, I think the Aberdeen defence going up against the Rangers' attack of Lizzie Arnott, Kayla McCoy, Jane Ross and the likes, losing eight goals, is not one they'll want to be watching back anytime soon. I go on about this a lot, but they are missing a lot of experienced players, especially a captain in the back line, Kelly, and I feel it showed because the first goal Rangers scored within a minute of the match. Two defenders let the ball bounce and then it just really goes straight through. There's another one from the corner who went straight in. It's just some basic errors that they won't want to be watching again. Well, they'll need to watch again and analyse, but they probably won't want to see again. And especially after losing to Hearts, after being 2-0 up, 
the previous game to then lose 8-0 to Rangers after such a good start to the season for Aberdeen. It, I know that game won't define this season, but it's definitely a bad week for Aberdeen, in my opinion. So it's understandable it's hard uh, not to have them in contention after, like you see, the, the difficult performance and the difficult result kind of all round. Uh, we'll go back to Peter. It's your turn now to pick who you think has made the best argument for someone to have had uh, a not-so-great a week. Obviously, you've you've singled out the Hibs goalkeeper, but you do have the Hibs side as a whole to pick from that was put forward by Chris, or as Robbie has just said about the Aberdeen defence, which uh, which of the two stands out for not doing so well for you? Um, well, I mean, I think the Aberdeen defence seems to be a bit of a recurring issue over the past few weeks. So um, I think that they're, unless they get it sorted quickly, there'll be a chance to go for them sometime soon again. So uh, I'll I'll go with Chris on this one and stick with Hibs. Chris, uh, you picked Hibs. You've been backed by Peter, but obviously can't pick yourself. Do you narrow the focus a little bit further and, and go for Emily much? Or, as Robbie put forward and, and Peter said there as well, the Aberdeen defence has a, a little bit of struggle of late. Um, which one of the two had a worse week for you? Um, I think Robbie spelt out well there how just terrorised the Aberdeen defence were, um, the reasons for it. Um, so I'm going to go for the Aberdeen defence in this one. Robbie backed for that one, but uh, the choice between, uh, like we said, the, the microscope focus on the goalkeeper that Peter's put forward or spreading the focus and perhaps spreading the blame out a little bit as well to Hibs in general who's uh, who's had a bad week the thing is this is nothing against Chris at all but I think as Peter alluded to in terms of we'll speak probably about Hibs as a team in future weeks Emily Much hasn't been starting much games for Hibs they've got a new goalkeeper so the fact that she was back in the team Dean Gibson made a lot of changes five changes I think he did and that mistake was very costly. I will have to go in this instance with narrowing it down to Emily much. And I apologies to Emily if she is listening for this. No, I think fair to say, you know, it's uh, one of those things where it, it has just been a, a not great weekend. As you've said, I'm sure we're all hoping that that isn't, uh, isn't something that's regular and that we're not speaking really about Emily in the bad week conversation. That it's a good week, like it has happened with... Uh, with Partick in, in our uh, test record last week, we had Partick as having a, a tough week, understandably, and now we're speaking about them in good week. So, uh, Emily, if you are listening, who knows, we might be speaking about you in glowing terms in seven days' time, which means we've got a vote for each. Uh, I do have to try and split the difference. It feels... I can't believe you have left me with this one for that. Mm-hmm. I had the easy choice earlier of, like, yeah, all, all the nice ones, and now I have to do the difficult one and decide who... Who I want it back to be, you know, the the difficult week. Um, I've got to be honest, Robbie. Is uh, I know you put them forward, and that it's a cause close to your heart. But the Aberdeen defence conceding eight goals against Rangers is uh, the Rangers are free scoring, but everyone knew that coming in. And I'd like you say the errors are uh, difficult to overlook. And yeah, yeah, I think Aberdeen's Aberdeen's defence stood out for me as as perhaps. Uh, the ones that will feel uh, most beat up about how last weekend went. So uh, I think it's fair to say they've they've had probably the worst week of the lot and, and 
like Peter says, we'll hopefully not be speaking about them in terms of that anytime soon. But there are problems that need fixing. Off the bad stuff, though, off the, the, the less fun part, onto that microscope focus again. And we look from the good week, the bad week, ignore the whole grand picture. Let's narrow it right down to a single individual event. Uh, our moment of the week. Chris, what did you pick out for your moment of the week in the last seven days? Who's done something that stood out for you? Um, well, I was watching the Hearts and uh, City game on Sunday afternoon, um, taking some notes to forward on for Andrew. Um, and Charlotte Parker-Smith really caught my eye. Um, made a really good save in the second half from a corner, denied City almost a certain third goal. Um, and then just in general, um, don't think she could do much for the goals, but as I say, just in general, she manned the box well, came out and took the ball a lot of times when our defenders were letting her down. So I think without her, then we would have seen a far more lopsided result. Yeah, it certainly was a good performance uh, from Hearts and, and Parker Smith at, at the heart of it. But Robbie, you've got someone else in mind at the centre of your moment of the week. Yeah, I do. My moment of the week is Lizzie from the corner against Aberdeen, I thought that was, I, I know it can be a bit fortuitous, but it's also, I love I love to see that sort of thing pay off when, because it reminds me of, as an Aberdeen fan, Barry Robson done that back in mythology and sticks in my head. So when I seen Arnott score that, it was like, oh, that's impressive. Well, it's, a, it's a moment of um, bravery in terms of having the, the desire to go for it and the, then the technique and the skill to pull it off as well. So Peter, you've got, a completely different game as well in mind for your moment of the week. Uh, yeah, I have. I've um, gone with the, the Hibs Partick game again. And yeah, I've I've chosen the decision to award the penalty, which led to Partick's first goal. Uh, it it didn't look like much of a foul on Teague McCann. Uh, as she kind of drove into the box, I thought it looked like the defender won the ball. Uh, Dean Gibson didn't sound entirely convinced either, though he was quite diplomatic with his answer when talking to... Um, Talking to inter- uh, interviews with the BBC, um, yeah, I, I think that that's one that the referee might might not be too chuffed when they look back at. Certainly, uh, a turning point in the game as well. That decision to award that penalty and, and perhaps that not just a point or two points, but but I think three maybe changed hands on on that decision. Understandable. Doesn't have to be a positive moment, uh, being the moment of the week. It's certainly one that turned the game though, and. Chris, we'll come back to you for whether or not you thought Lizzie Arnott's uh, goal from the corner or the decision to award the Partick penalty stands out as the moment of the weekend. Um, I'll go with the decision to award the penalty. Perfectly understandable, perfectly understandable. Robbie, can't vote for Lizzie, but uh, Parker's going to save or the Partick penalty, what stands out? Uh, I, I know Hodge didn't win the game, but I'd say Parker Smith. I'll give you a twist from what I've seen in the game. We spoke a lot on this pop, not this previous specific podcast, but a lot at anyone's game last year about Charlotte Parker Smith. She was microscoped under limelight a lot, but I think think some of the saves, not just in that game against Glasgow City, but even against Hibs when I was at it a few weeks ago, she really impressed me. So I think she deserves to get my vote for a moment of the week because I think she did make some good saves to keep the score down at two. Feels like someone that's that's uh, earned earned the reason to be in contention as well. Uh, Peter, 
Are you going to pick a winner here? Or are you going to throw the pressure back on to me to pick one here? What's your moment of the week? I think I'm, I'm going to throw it back over to you, I'm afraid. Um, I, I think that Lizzie Arnott's corner was a, a pretty special moment. Um, again, as Robbie said, maybe a wee bit of luck uh, combined with the skill, but again, if you, you you have to hang the ball up there towards that back post to be in with a shout, and she did it beautifully. Um, so yeah, I'll go with, with Lizzie Arnott's going direct for a corner. Oh, we're also nice just passing round the votes to everyone and just keeping it all nice and balanced. Um all right, well, uh, I, I will be honest, this one I think a little bit easier for me, partly just because of the way it, it twisted the, the game as a whole um, for for the betterment of Partick, who've had an absolutely uh, terrible time of late, uh, who given it given it a lot and got not much. Um, perhaps that decision to award the penalty was the rub of the green they've been kind of waiting on uh, to give them three points, and Hibbs obviously very disappointed that uh, that decision didn't go uh, the way they wanted. Um, and like, like we said at the time, it doesn't have to be a positive moment to be moment of the week. It can be a contentious one, and I, I think there's probably not one that happened over the weekend that was as contentious as that one. Um, and and the, party, the decision to award the penalty of Partick perhaps uh, deserving of the moment of the of the week um, uh, for that. And, and if you haven't seen it yet, strongly urge you to watch it back. Let me know what you think of it. Let us know is... Uh, Peter totally wrong in saying he wasn't convinced by it at all and that it was definitely a penalty and, and, and we're, we're talking all sorts of nonsense or uh, are you more of the, the Dean Gibson mould and feeling like you need to be a little bit diplomatic but you know where your allegiances really lie on that one. Um, plenty to think about but we ask and we hear a lot from players, a lot from managers, a lot from ourselves as well over the week. Uh, only reasonable that Occasionally, they say someone says something interesting. It's kind of kind of the point of it all. And to that, we have our soundbite of the week. And Peter, you're going to start us off with what stood out for you as your soundbite of this week. Well, you know, I actually managed to somehow skip by it first time round uh, when I was watching the sports scene results. But my uh, mother manager Paul Brownley seemed to seemed to suggest that. Uh, Paige McAllister's second yellow card was absolutely not a yellow. And I really must admit, I don't know where he's coming from with that one. Um, I think our, our first one was a foul off the ball, and, and that was fair enough. The second one, it was maybe a bit needless, but she's hauled down uh, the Spartan striker on the halfway line. It, it, it was, yeah, to, to me, clear yellow card kind of, you know, Pulling the strike at the ground like that, you're never going to get away with that without a yellow. Um, and it was a bit, certainly a bit rash. Um, considering that she already had a yellow card, she won't want to. Again, she won't want to spend too much time thinking about that one. Certainly, there's, there's sometimes you feel like there's a little bit of a cushion of being on a on a yellow in that, as long as you don't want to do anything too bad, some referees are are not inclined to send you off uh, because it's like it's got to be something that deserves that second yellow and. Uh, I don't think there would have been too many complaints if that was shown as first yellow. Uh, I can understand perhaps there's maybe their expectation of a little bit more leniency on a second yellow that, that wasn't forthcoming. Um, but either way, Peter, you, you, might, you might find yourself having a, a strong word uh, with the motherwell gaffer next time you're down if he, if he finds out you disagree with his view so strongly. Um, but no, no, certainly worthy of a choice or soundbite of the week. Chris, how about you? Where do you stand on a, on a soundbite of the week? 
Uh, well, it was one where I was personally involved myself. Um, wee comical moment during our wee anyone's game watch along Sunday afternoon. We had our first kind of Chris Kamara moment. Kenny was talking away, making a point, and they asked me for my thoughts on it, and I was like, what? <laughs> they went, did you miss the red card? I was like, what red card? <laughs> Yeah, so a little bit of a, an early unveiling. We've been testing out, uh, trying out a watch-along. It's something that we've considered for for a couple of weeks now, uh, and we're hoping to have it ready to, to roll out soon enough. And our last test, obviously, at the weekend, we watched the Hearts and Glasgow City game. And, and yeah, Chris, you had the, 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 the double challenge of trying to make notes and uh, contribute for us as well. And yeah, unfortunately, just just a little bit caught out with the... Uh, what what Kenny was speaking about um, while you were trying to focus on the game. So we'll blame Kenny on that one. We'll blame Kenny for distracting you. How dare he? How could he? Since he's not here, let's blame him. Yeah, absolutely. He uh, cruel enough to try and distract you. Um, unacceptable, Kenny. Unacceptable. Uh, Robbie, though, uh, move us back to, to slightly more serious terrain. Uh, yeah, I'll, my soundbite of the week is from my good pal, Dean Gibson, who after Hibbs' defeat, second defeat in a row, Against Party at the weekend, he says the first half we've got to be more clinical, put teams out of sight, and take the belief out of them. And it's something that he's mentioned quite a lot this season is killing teams off for the chances that they're creating. Because one thing, they create a lot of chances at Hibs, despite making a lot of changes to the team. The team they had on paper should have been beating Party. No disrespect to them. And he also mentions it again in his interview about them being too nice. So I think. Something you'll have to take on board. Dean Gibson is getting his players to have that a bit more aggression and be able to hold a lead because I think they're now seven points behind the top three. So I understand Dean Gibson's frustrations completely. Yeah, it certainly is going to be one that, you know, even at this early stage, you're looking back on at the end of a season and going, if you don't drop those three points there, whereabouts do you, do you really end up if, if you can keep some momentum and... Um, turn things around slightly quicker as well, yeah. So, uh, three decent choices of sound bites. Peter, we'll come back to you. Uh, you can't obviously vote for the one you picked, but of the two that remain, what stands out for you for the sound bite of the weekend? I will go with the, the Dean Gibson quote um, for this week. Um, yeah, I think, it, as Robbie said, it's a bit of a recurring theme uh, in recent weeks, and he'll hope that they can manage to find that killer instinct soon. Chris, how about you? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go Dean Gibson on this one as well. Doesn't don't even need to go to Robbie to find out who the winner is, but we'll go to you anyway, Robbie. Do you think the 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 cami moment was just time by the weekend, or uh, the second yellow card from Motherwell? Um, and and um, I, 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 think I think I think they're both very good points. They're both worthy, but. For me, I would have voted for the Chris Kamara moment just because I'm all for these Chris Kamara memes and I would love to have seen the recording of... Unfortunately, I wasn't there on Sunday, but I'd love to have seen the moment happen live. So that would have been my vote. Understandable, understandable. But yeah, before we got to you, Dean Gibson already uh, picked as our soundbite in terms of wanting to see his hip side be a little bit more clinical. And yeah, that perhaps will... The, the kind of tone, it's felt like the tone of the podcast so far in that it's a it's a big game and it's understandably a little bit of the focal point of some of the discussions so far. But enough of looking back, um, because 
uh, that was fun, but we're, we're kind of done with that. Uh, and now I ask you to get your crystal ball out, have a look into it, wave your hands around it if that's also what you do. Never used a crystal ball before, I'll be honest, not entirely sure how it works. But it's prediction time, we look ahead to the weekend to come. Uh, Robbie, get the neck out, put it on the block, what's your big prediction? Oh, good thing last week me putting my neck on the line and saying I would even get a point against Rangers. Good thing it, it can't get any better than that, can it? So I'm going to go with Glasgow City under the new manager who is probably going to be announced by the time this podcast comes out. There's got to be an announcement very shortly. They're going to continue their winning streak over Rangers to go top on Sunday. So obviously at the end of last season, second half of last season really, Glasgow City had the edge over Rangers in the big games, got that victory. Rangers, quite frankly, didn't show up in an attacking sense, the big players. And I think Glasgow City will be on a high from getting a new manager and hopefully, well, I shouldn't say hopefully, but for my prediction, hopefully they can get that victory over Rangers. Uh, Chris, your turn to put your neck on the chopping block. Yep, so after um, a pretty solid defensive showing, I'll say, against um, Glasgow City, I think that Hearts can go to Motherwell and pick up the three points there. That will see them out of the bottom two spots in Leapfrog Motherwell, who would subsequently fall into one of the bottom two spots, depending on how Hamilton do against Partick. Yeah, understandable. There's been a lot of talk coming out of Hearts about the process and, you know, these things take time to build and perhaps this is the, the start of something building and Chris, you certainly feel so. Uh, but, Peter, you've got to round us out as well when it comes to the predictions. What are you predicting this weekend? Well, I saw how it went last week when Robbie went against Rangers in his predictions. So I'm deciding to take advantage of that this week uh, and say that uh, I think Rangers are going to show up against Glasgow City uh, in their match this weekend. Obviously, last year they were quite disappointed with how they played in those big matches. Uh, but I, th I think that they're going to show up this uh, time and get a, a massive win for them over Glasgow City. Massive, not in scoreline necessarily, but uh, in the impact it will have even at this early stage of the season. Understandable, understandable to uh, have two predictions come out on probably what is the, the biggest match of the weekend and, and one that's certainly important for the title race. Now we're going to flip things up ever so slightly, ever so slightly, because before I've been asking you who's made the best uh, argument, who's picked out the best thing for the given statement. This time, uh, we're going we're gonna to flip that. Uh, who do you reckon has made a prediction that's absolutely not coming to pass? Robbie. Um, I mean, that's, well, that's kind of an obvious pick for uh, Robbie, but, uh, but go on, well, tell me uh, anyway. Yeah, um, I, have to, I have to say, um, Pierre's prediction is not coming true because Rangers, no disrespect to my pal Matthew Thompson, they got a struggle against Glasgow City's skill of Priscilla Chinchia, who didn't play the previous game, they're saving her to run riot over Rangers on Sunday. Chris, you, you pretty much have, have the casting vote here, but um, yeah. who, who do you think said something that they're going to regret by the end of the weekend? Um, I'm going to go Mr. Hanrati on this one. I think that um, City, it's just... It's just too big a game for a new manager against like, one of the main title challengers to City to step in and take charge and get a result against a Rangers team that's 
getting good results, like scoring for far. I don't think they'll score for far on Sunday, but it's a Rangers team that's playing solid week in, week out. It'll take a bit of time for them to figure it out. Perfectly, perfectly reasonable there to uh, say that Robbie might have got this one wrong. Peter, just if you fancy twisting the knife, you can. Uh, where do you stand on, on who's got this weekend totally wrong? I, I can only apologise to Robbie, but I'd be doing myself a disservice if I went for anything else. Um, yeah, I, I think that, that, well, I hope that, that Robbie's not right, because then it means that I've got mine sort of, uh, my, my one bang on this week. Um, yeah, I think particularly, I, I know Robbie made a good point that uh, Priscilla Chinchilla will be rested, um, but I, I don't know, I think that the, the front three system that Glasgow City play doesn't allow much scope to track back and keep a check on uh, Nicola Doherty, Rachel McLaughlin when they bomb forward. So it'll be, it'll be an interesting game, obviously. Um, we'll see how it goes. Don't forget as well, uh, another general call out and reminder that you can get in touch with us to let us know who's got their predictions totally wrong. Um, obviously you've heard the views of our, our three pundits this weekend. Uh, the only thing I would ask is if you're if you're going to also throw in your big prediction, remember there's a timestamp, okay? If we see you throwing in a big prediction after full time, it doesn't count. It's not it's not fair. It's not fair. But uh, yeah, let us know who who's predicted well, who's predicted badly, uh, uh, and what your wild predictions are as well. I'd love to hear um, what you think is going to happen this weekend up ahead of us as well. We'll uh, move on now just to our bonus point uh, question this week always have a, a sixth upper sleeve and technically with the four that we've got i'm not including the prediction in the scoring the four that we've got is uh two points to robbie two points to peter in terms of who's made the right argument so if we're ready peter you've got a rule change for us what we're looking for is a rule change you'd make for swpl1 or swpl2 or both together dealer's choice that would make the game more interesting, more entertaining. Doesn't have to be useful. Has to be for the betterment of the game as a fan watching on. Well, for my one, I sat at uh, Spartans Motherwell at the weekend, which was a game with very, very few chances in it. Um, so, as you say, to make it slightly more interesting, I've gone completely out of the box. Bit of a wild suggestion. Uh, Literally out of the box. But this. Yeah, well, um, instead of uh, instead of kickoff in the first half and the second half, teams get a free kick on the halfway line, can bomb players forward, lump it into the box, and gives you a chance at uh, a shot on goal or something interesting happening inside the first fifteen seconds of the game. Because normally, it's you know you you'll see that first you know kind of fifteen thirty seconds. It's either passing the ball around the back four. Or it's lumped into the corner and maybe pressed from the, the resultant throw-in. So I, I would like to see that and hopefully see a little bit of chaos and excitement in the, the opening moments of, of matches or the opening moments of the second half. Certainly uh, understand the reasoning on that. So just to be clear as well, that's only for the kickoff that starts the half. So even if yes, uh, you're not asking Aberdeen to take eight free kicks, for example, at the weekend for each of the goals as well. No, no, just just the start of each half. Uh, I don't want don't want one team getting too much of an advantage from conceding, or I, I don't know. I don't know how you'd work that one out, but there we go. 
Robbie, I'll, I'll throw it to you next if you've got a rule change ready uh, yeah. that would make the game more entertaining for fans to watch. It, if there's a game in SOPL that with 80 minutes gone, it, that it's still no no. I propose that they go any player save and basically anyone can save the ball in the line and it add to a bit of drama. Because we've done a lot of podcasts where we get people to pick the ultimate five-a-side team on anyone's game and many players and pundits and managers have came on and said that they'd rather any player save and no goalkeeper. So I think it'd be a bit of fun in a match for the last 10 minutes if we're lacking goal malfaction to see who throws gung-ho and who puts them all on the line. See, when he said any player save, I just thought, all oh, right, so what's going to happen is we're going to get, instead of two banks of four, we'll just get 10 people in the box, 11 people in the box, right? Just, just, it's just anyone can save it, so just stand in the way, it'd be grand. But I, I think this is, this is predicated that you also switch the keeper out as well. Yeah, of course. Okay, okay, that, that makes more, more sense now. Yeah, totally understand. Certainly, certainly different. I don't think uh, if you were knocking at the doors of IFAB, I don't think they'd listen to you with that one, but they would certainly get a <laughs> chuckle out of it, I'm sure. Uh, Chris, yeah, when you, you see it at me. Uh, when you write us out, Chris, with, with uh, your rule change to make the SWPL 1 or 2 more unique, more entertaining for fans, something a little bit different. Um, so I'll make the same SWPL 2 unique. Um, so you mind the way the penalties were taken in the MLS to begin with? Absolutely. Um, Diana Ross, the start of that World Cup in the USA in '94. Um, obviously, I'd, I'd imagine a crop of players can do a lot much better job than that. But um, yeah, even just make all penalties start from the halfway line or whatever it was, or so far back, um, add a little bit of excitement to it, as opposed to just from the spot kick. I, I, I understand what you're going for, and I think there's a lot of goalkeepers that will be listening to this going, absolutely not, absolutely not having <laughs> that uh, in the slightest, because, yeah, uh, giving the player a run-up as well um, uh, and the chance to build up a little bit ahead of steam, it will make it will certainly make things interesting. It is certainly something different. It is uh, a rule change that is much more likely to happen in terms of it's something that's been tried previously. Um I wonder how many takers there would be saying, yeah, I back myself not to score from the penalty spot, but actually, see, when it comes to the MLS penalty, I've got a chance there. Uh, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, Peter, when you weigh in, uh, is there any rule change you would that, that you've heard, apart from your own, that you definitely either want to see happen or definitely want nowhere near the SWPL 1 or 2? Um, to be fair, actually, I, I quite like both. I, I thought they were, they were both very, you know, as you said, the question was, will it make it more interesting and exciting for the fan? And I definitely think that that both of those would uh, would do that. Um, I think Robbie's one is an interesting one as well. Imagine at the end of the season, you've got, I don't know, say a Glasgow City Celtic or Celtic Rangers game. Title on the line, nil nil after eighty minutes, and suddenly there's no goalies in the park. Um, so yeah, that would that would certainly be one that would um, it would catch the attention of football fans around the world. I imagine. <laughs> yeah, that was my thinking. So it certainly would make a, a different end to a, a very stressful game. That's for sure. Hey, Robbie, you've already got a vote, but uh, ta- tactical voting is perhaps coming into effect here. But <laughs> what would your preferred uh, change that would make the SWPL 1 and 2 more entertaining and more interesting for fans? 
Oh, that, that that is a tough one. I see. I, I think they're all interesting. I'd love to. I'd love to really see them. Just even if we could trail in a friendly or something, just to see how it would uh, go. But we're all for tactical voting on here, are we? So I'm gonna go for Peter. <laughs> so idea. Chris, who who do you think uh, uh, got the rule that that wins it for you apart from your MLS penalties? Uh, so um, I like both rules. Um, we're both interested to see. Um, Bobby's in particular would be a bit wacky, but um, on the basis that it actually reminds me of what I used to do when I would kick off and playing international superstar soccer pro when I first got a PlayStation, I would pass the ball and then kick it from the like, kick-off spot to try and get a goal. It only worked like one. You're lucky if it was one time out of 100 that it would actually go in, it would always be the keeper would spill it into the net. But, um, yeah, I'd actually quite like to see that. I can't, I must admit. So Peter's uh, sacking of kickoffs, replacing them with free kicks is your is your choice then, Chris? Yeah. yeah well, with that, it means Peter's won the day overall as well. Um Three three big calls. Uh, I, I I must say that replacing kickoff with a free kick just adds a little bit of that. that. There's that's uh, a real way to make sure people are in for kickoff. None of this turning up two to three minutes <laughs> late and going, oh look, I was just in the loo or you know I got stuck in traffic or whatever. No no no, you want to be here for the time that the uh, the ball's just lumped on top of the keeper and it says do what you can with it. Um, so, Absolutely. Yeah. And just to recap then as well. Kayla McCoy getting the good week for her hat-trick uh, at the weekend and the Aberdeen defence is the week to forget uh, in the same game, unfortunately, as well. The moment of the week, Partick's penalty or not, depending on who you ask, uh, whether or not it should have stood or whether it should have been denied them. Uh, and the Dean Gibson reaction in the post-match as well is your soundbite of the week. There's three big predictions made by the pundits. Glasgow City and Rangers both the win only one of those things could happen with the two of them meeting on Sunday. And hearts to win and come out the bottom too is uh, Chris's other shout. Uh, and certainly would spell a good little run for hearts if that came to pass as well. As we've said, let us know what you think. Who's had a good week? Who's had a bad week? Is there any particular moments or uh, sound bites that you've heard and seen that you think deserve a little bit of attention? Uh, and until next time, Thank you very much, Peter. Thank you very much, Robbie. Thank you very much, Chris, for joining us. Cheers, Gordon. Pleasure. This has been I Know Best, a podcast by Anyone's Game. And today, Peter Quinn knew best. Thanks for joining us for this one. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll see you in the next one.